good evening. It is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM. Brought to you by CFRC's News Collective. Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Lauren Tucker, and Jesse Bell. I'm Christina Laurie and here are your local news headlines. The City of Kingston is currently accepting input from community members, partner organizations, businesses, and community members on a newly drafted nuisance bylaw. On June 29, 2022, for city staff to prepare a nuisance bylaw to be presented to Council. The bylaw was proposed due to city staff receiving a number of complaints from members of the public who are concerned about safety due to behaviors exhibited in public spaces. Uh, Staff and Kingston Police have also received numerous reports of unprovoked, aggressive, and threatening behavior um, resulting from incidents in the downtown core and in city parks. Initially, the recommendation that was before Council was to develop an anti-loitering bylaw, but in consultation with other members of staff, uh, Council, and members of the public, it was determined that a general public nuisance bylaw might be a more effective tool to deal with some of these behaviors. It would also target more general nuisance behaviors, things like construction noise and mud and dust that we see a lot of things like nuisance feeding of wildlife. So we would be looking at a general public nuisance bylaw that would be targeted at some of these aggressive and threatening behaviors, but also nuisance behaviors more generally. The motion passed with a vote of six to five, a narrow pass with concerns surrounding the timing of the proposal due to the encampment at Bell Park being discussed in the same meeting, as well as the possibility of increasing stigma against certain community members. I understand uh, and I believe uh, staff's comments about having received numerous complaints uh, about behavior in parks in the downtown. I, I understand the logic behind the rationale, but I, I really object to this having been inserted into a discussion about encampments. Uh, it is not related to encampments. It is, it is related to uh, behaviors in our public spaces. Uh, it's a separate topic, it's a separate issue, and when you conflate, conflate the two, you inevitably, as some of our delegations did, cast stigma on our least fortunate citizens. The City of Kingston does currently have a bylaw to address nuisance parties, but no standalone general nuisance bylaw. The draft includes topics such as odors, construction materials and construction dust, idling, and various other types of public nuisance behaviors. The feedback collected from the community will be used by staff to refine the bylaw so it meets the needs of community members. Community members can review and comment on the draft community standards bylaw until August 18th at Get Involved Kingston. Hiroshima Day is coming up on August 6th. Hiroshima Day is celebrated every year to promote peace among nations and to create awareness about the devastating results of nuclear weapons. Hiroshima Day is observed on August 6th to commemorate the atomic bombing of Hiroshima, Japan in 1945 at the end of World War II. I sat down with Judy Wyatt with the Hiroshima Day Coalition to discuss some of the events they have planned to spread awareness and commemorate this day. You were also just saying before we started this interview, you were at Novel Idea getting um, the window display setup that you have there. I was wondering if you could speak a bit to that and what that will entail. It. Well, we've got two large banners. One that reads Nagasaki, one reads Hiroshima. The letters are vertical in black felt on a white, long white um, piece of fabric. And when we use them on the day of Hiroshima Day, August 6th, they're always there in the background. And as I said, I've been involved with this event for 40 years, and those banners were at the, the very first event I ever attended. So they're they're more than 40 years old. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of relics for us. 
People who look at the display will see many books that are available at Novel Idea and magazines that are pertinent to the subject. Um, they'll also see a paper crane that's suspended in front of a banner that has been painted for a previous Hiroshima Day event. And if they look carefully around, they will see paper lanterns that have been used in the past. For many years, we've had families create uh, paper lanterns, which we floated on styrofoam uh, with a candle inside in, a, in a water. We've done that at the, uh, the fountain across from City Hall, Confederation Basin. And then we've done that in the pool at McBurney Park. And this year we won't have lanterns floating, but we will have them available for people to see and we will light them when dusk falls. I was wondering if you could speak a bit to the significance of lanterns for Hiroshima Day. I believe there is specific meaning behind them. Is that true? Yes, the lanterns are um, a, a way to acknowledge the passing of a spirit, remembering the spirit of somebody who's died and they are lit in, in memory of, of people. And this is something that, that occurs in, in Asian countries. And so when we've done this over the years, we've had people decorate them in whatever way they feel is appropriate. And some of them we saved throughout the years. Many of our lanterns have things written on them in Japanese because in the summers, Queens often has um, an English language class for Japanese students to attend. And many times we've had Japanese students who are in Canada just for the summer attend our ceremony and are very pleased and touched that we, so far from their home, continue to remember this terrible event that they certainly know about. Once again, that was Judy White with the Hiroshima Day Coalition. You can visit the window display at Noble Idea Bookstore until August 7th. You can attend the peace ceremony on Sunday, August 6th at 7.30pm. You can also be sure to tune in to Kingston Currents next week to hear more from Judy Wyatt about Hiroshima Day. That's all for your headlines this week, and next up is your Arts Desk with Lauren Tucker. Thanks so much, Christina. Here's your Arts Headlines for the week. The Kick and Push Festival has officially started as of July 22nd and will run until August 19th across downtown Kingston. Through varied theatre experiences, Kick and Push aims to take the audience beyond passive observers and they are now in their ninth year. This year you can catch shows like Outtheus, Doc Weathergloom's Here There Be Monsters, Driftwood Theatre's Living with Shakespeare, A Perfect Bowl of Pho, and La Boule in venues across the city. For more information and for tickets, you can visit thekickandpush.com. As part of the Kick and Push festivities, the Theatre Kingston Fringe Festival kicks off on August 3rd and runs until the 13th, showcasing 18 shows across 11 days in three venues, ranging across all genres and featuring fantastic creative teams and performers. For the full Fringe lineup, schedule, and for tickets and passes, you can check out theaterkingston.com and revisit this past week's episode of The Kingston Curator for an interview with Rosemary Doyle, Artistic Director of Theatre Kingston for the entire Fringe Inside Scoop. And celebrating this theater season in Kingston, the Screening Room will be running their 2023 theater flick picks from July 31st to August 14th. Films are chosen and hosted by members of Kingston's theater community as a part of the Kick and Push Festival. On the docket for this year is Waiting for Guffman, L'Audition, and Eight Mile. And all throughout August at the Screening Room, you can catch the classic cinema lineup showing favorite features like Wet Hot American Summer, The Lion King, The Searchers, Heat, 
Thelma and Louise, Some Like It Hot, and 1979's The Muppet Movie. Plus, you can visit on certain days for $7 family matinees. And for more on these special events, showtimes, and to get your tickets, you can visit ScreeningRoomKingston.com. Also in cinema news, head down to Market Square on Thursday, August 3rd for a showing of Mary Poppins Returns. Bring your blankets, chairs, and bug spray for a movie night under the stars. The movie starts at dusk and admission is free, and you can visit downtownkingston.ca for the whole summer lineup of movies in the square. And this weekend, Saturday, August 5th at 7 p.m. at Hotel Wolf Island, Youth Gonna Rock 2 features two local youth bands. Interrobang is a three-piece high school group bringing you your favorite 90s grunge and punk favorites from acts like Nirvana, Sublime, Radiohead, Green Day, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Second up is Switzerville Sound, the first youth band to come out of the Harmony Lounge and Music Club not-for-profit youth rock band program across eastern Ontario. Switzerville Sound covers rock and roll favorites across decades. This event is free and you can visit hotelwolfisland.com to learn more. Live music is in full swing across the whole summer in downtown Kingston, but if you're looking for some staples in your live music life, then the downtown Kingston Music and the Park events may be for you. On Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, local acts play the Lunchtime Series from 12.30 to 1.30 in Confederation Park. On Thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m. in Confederation Park, you can stop by for Country Thursdays featuring gigs from local country artists. Moving into the weekend, Big Band Fridays brings the throwback in Springer Market Square City Hall Amphitheater at 7 p.m. for romantic, joyful, and jazzy songs. For the kids on the weekends, you can stop by Sydenham Street from 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for silly sounds on Sydenham with live, kid-friendly shows. And every Saturday from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m., you can enjoy local musicians kicking at Sydenham Street for sounds on Sydenham. For more on this, you can visit downtownkingston.ca. You can catch Summer Swing Mondays bi-weekly from 7 to 10 p.m. with the Queen Swing Dance Club at the Spire. Each night kicks off with a beginner-friendly dance lesson taught by experienced dancers, and then you can stick around for two hours of open social dance and practice time. Queen's affiliation is not a prerequisite, and all are welcome. Tickets are $5 for students and $10 for community members, and you can visit queensstc.ca to find their Eventbrite link and register now. Every Summer Tuesday in Springer Market Square at 6.30 p.m., you can attend the free Salsa in the Square lesson and social dance. Instructors will be able to guide you through learning the dance and having fun. No tickets are required and all you need to bring to this dance floor is your energy, spirit, and dance shoes. Again, that's Salsa in the Square every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. at Springer Market Square. And don't forget every Sunday that you can stop by that very market square for the Cataraqui Indigenous Art and Food Market, featuring a variety of vendors, each with their own unique touch. For handcrafted items, visual art, clothing, jewelry, home decor, and traditional Indigenous dishes from Cadu's First Foods, you can stop by Sundays from 10 to 3 p.m. through to September 24th. And if you're looking for something for the kids this summer, you can stop by to Springer Market Square at 10 a.m. for Stories in the Square, presented by the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. This event is for children of all ages, so bring your blanket and sunscreen and enjoy a creative morning in the sun full of stories, songs, and fun. For more information about the KFPL events for folks of all ages, you can visit calendar.kfpl.ca. That's all I've got for you on Arts Desk today. Now I'll turn it over to Jesse Bell at the Sports Desk. Good evening, this is Jesse Bell from the CFRC Sports Desk, and this is your Sports Report for Monday, July 31st, 2023. Week 9 represents the halfway point in the CFL's regular season. Let's take a look at the current standings for the league. 
In the West Division, the BC Lions sit atop the table with a 6-1 record. They're followed closely by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are 5-2. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders sit in third place with a 3-4 record, followed by the fourth place Calgary Stampeders at 2-5. And, and in last place, and not just the West Division, but the entire league, we have the still winless Edmonton Elks, who are 0-8, with four losses on the road, and perhaps more consequentially, four losses at home, extending their American professional sports record of consecutive home losses to over 20 games. In the East Division, the Toronto Argonauts sit atop the standings with a perfect 6-0 record. They are followed by the Montreal Alouettes, who are 3-3, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who are 3-4, and, and the Ottawa Red Blacks, who are also 3-4. There are four CFL games on the schedule this weekend, starting on Thursday, as the BC Lions will play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at 8.30 p.m. Friday, we have the Argonauts against the Stampeders at 9. Saturday, we have the Montreal Alouettes against the Hamilton Tiger Cats at 7. And then on Sunday, we have the Ottawa Red Blacks against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, also at 7. The Queen's Alumni Golf Tournament is set to be played on Thursday, August 3rd at the Black Bear Golf Club in Belleville, Ontario. Spots are still available, but they are rapidly filling. I will be on site on behalf of CFRC to host the event and also conduct a handful of interviews, so look forward to that in the coming weeks. The U16 Grenadiers will be playing in the KJ McEnmy OSFL Summer League Championship on Sunday, August 6th. Best of luck to the team from us here at CFRC. This concludes your sports report for Monday, July 31st. This is Jesse Bell signing off and throwing it over to my main man, Chancellor Miracle, for your community update. This is Christina Laurie coming in with your community update for this week. Emancipation Day recognized with community-led programming. Recognize Emancipation Day this week with a number of community-led events taking place until August 1st. This year's theme, Thriving in Color, honors the resiliency of Kingston's Black community in the face of ongoing anti-Black racism and discrimination. August 1st is Emancipation Day, which marks the day Britain's Parliament abolished slavery across the British Empire in 1834. Canada's federal government first recognized Emancipation Day in 2021, and Kingston City Council asked that it be continued in 2022 and beyond as a reminder of Canada's history. It is also an opportunity to celebrate the resilience and accomplishments of Black people in Kingston and beyond. The recognition of Emancipation Day in the city is a step toward dismantling anti-Black racism that is etched in the fabric of our communities, says Vanessa Mensa, Acting Manager of Equity, Diversity and Inclusion. It also allows each of us to pause, reflect, and challenge dominant ideas that inform assumptions and stereotypes about the Black community. It causes us to rethink what we know and how we have been conditioned to see our history. With each step toward reconciliation, we celebrate the visibility, richness, and inclusivity of Blackness in our communities. This year's programming has been developed by the community for the community, with the support of various partners and sponsors. The programming and resources include live music, art, children's programming, Black Youth Basketball Drop-In, and more, and are intended to educate, celebrate, and reflect on Emancipation Day, centered around the theme of thriving in color. City Hall will be illuminated on August 1st in red, green, and gold, the Pan-African colors, to mark Emancipation Day. The community is invited to help shape the City of Kingston's 2024 operating and capital budgets and to provide valuable feedback on future budget engagements. It is important for Kingstonians to be informed 
about how the city's budget works and have an opportunity to influence how their tax dollars are allocated, says Desiree Kennedy, Chief Financial Officer and City Treasurer. We encourage residents to provide input on what matters to them. This is your community and your budget, so make sure you have your say. Residents can visit Get Involved Kingston to complete a survey and to share their ideas on the approach to future budget engagements. Staff are also planning in-person pop-ups later this summer. Watch the Get Involved Kingston project page for further details on how you can get involved. Once again, community members are encouraged to visit the Get Involved Kingston project page to learn more about the 2024 budget engagements and to share their input. To complete a survey by phone or request a mailed copy of the survey, you can call 613-546-0000. That's all for your community update this week and next up is Campus News. In campus news this week, students have a few upcoming deadlines. For Queen students, today is the last day to drop summer term classes for the July to August six-week session without faculty office permission. It is also the last day to apply for admission to the upper year program at Bader College for the fall term. August 3rd is the final day for summer term assessments for the May to July 12-week session. On August 4th, the registration period for fall and winter classes ends. In news from St. Lawrence College, ceramics equipment donation benefits local arts groups. SLCS donates ceramics equipment from its Brockville campus to two community arts groups. The Gananoque Arts Network and the Clay Studio Collective in Athens received the equipment that will boost their capacities to offer studio space for ceramic artists, as well as classes and workshops for students. With a total estimated value of $25,000, the Gananoque Arts Network received one kiln, six wheels, and one small wedging table, and the Clay Studio Collective received one large kiln, eight wheels, and one large wedging table, as well as a slab roller. The donations came as a result of SLC's need to expand its nursing programs on the Brockville campus, requiring an increase in specialized critical care labs. That's all for your campus news update this week, and next up is Dinah with weather and traffic. Thanks so much, and now it's time for the CFRC weather report. Tonight we'll have partly cloudy skies with a 30% chance of showers early in the evening and a low of 11 on Tuesday. Sunny skies with a mix of sun and cloud near noon and a high of 23. Tuesday night we'll have clear skies and a low of 9. And on Wednesday we'll have sunny skies with a high of 23 and cloudy periods that night with a low of 15. And now it's time for the CFRC City of Kingston traffic report through August 3rd. Motorists, cyclists and pedestrians can expect road closures at George Street from Wellington to Regent and Regent to James. The Lower Brewer's Swing Bridge is still closed until further notice. Ontario Street from Brock to Johnson will be closed August 4th from 8am to August 6th at 1pm. Princess Street at Portsmouth will be closed August 1st from 7pm to 7am, August 2nd from 10pm to 7am and August 3rd from 10pm to 7am to support pavement restoration projects. 
Queen Mary Road from Bath to Notch Hill will be closed until August 9th. Sydenham Street from Queen to Princess will be closed until September 5th. University Avenue from Union to Earl is closed until December 22nd. And Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace is closed until Halloween. The intersection of Montreal Street and John Counter Boulevard where the Waben Crossing is, is currently being redesigned to add increased active transportation and transit facilities and approved signal timings to enhance overall levels of service. Impacted streets include Montreal Street from Bryceland to Cassidy and John Counter Boulevard from Elliott Avenue to Ascot Lane. The Chow Memorial Parking Garage will be closed from August 4th at 4pm until August 8th at 6pm. And the Robert Bruce Memorial Parking Garage second level will be closed on July 4th for approximately three weeks to conclude structural maintenance. Other delays are expected on Bath Road at Queen Mary, Bay Ridge Drive from Woodbine to Cat Woods, Highway 15 Main to Highway 2, Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, Princess Street at Restbrook, Princess Street Collins Bay to Bay Ridge, and Taylor Kid Boulevard from Collins Bay to 100 meters west of the Collins Creek Bridge. And now it's time for the CFRC Community Concert and Events Calendar for July 31st through August 6th. Have an event you would like covered on our website and news programming? Contact us today via cfrc.ca. On July 31st, Gerald McGrath is playing a free concert at the Bank Gastro Bar on King Street from 6 to 9 p.m. And also on Monday night, along the lines, Rise of Dissension and local band Mad Wet Sea are playing at the mansion starting at 8. On August 1st, check out folk artist Dennis Bauman at Confederation Park for free starting at 12.30 p.m. The weekly fun run is also still underway and runners of all ages are invited to meet up in front of Lululemon downtown at 5.30. Tom Savage is hosting another happy hour jam at 4 to 7 at the RCHA. Also on Tuesday evening, check out some acoustic music from Clara Smallman and Sarah Zanaby for free at Something in the Water Brewing Company starting at 8.30. On August 2nd, visit the RCHA for Jazz Wednesdays with Barton and Robertson starting at 7pm. Also on August 2nd, the monthly open stage drag show will happen at the Grad Club where performers of all experience levels showcase their talents. Visit dragshow.ca if you want to perform and audiences pay $5 at the door for this show starting at 8 o'clock. On Thursday, August 3rd, check out some lovely country folk sounds from local singer-songwriter Tegan McLaren at Confederation Park. Another free music in the square concert starting at 12.30. The Bank Gastro Bar is hosting another free courtyard concert series featuring Jenica Rain and Lynn Hansen starting at 6 p.m. Also on Thursday night, Neil Carter will perform a free show at Tiernanog starting at 9. The Royal Jam at Blue Martini starts at 7 o'clock that night. And also on Thursday, a free screening of Mary Poppins Returns airs at Market Square starting at 9 o'clock. On Friday, August 4th, the 50th anniversary of the Blue Skies Music Festival gets underway for the weekend up in Clarendon. Ticket stay passes, lineup, and camping information is available at blueskiesmusicfestival.ca. And if you're sticking around in town, local artist Chris Jackson will be playing a free show at Blue Martini starting at 8 o'clock. And Big Band Fridays in Market Square will feature Taylor Donaldson starting at 8 o'clock for a free show. At 6 p.m., folks can also head over to the Lions Civic Gardens at 875 Gardeners Road for a free evening at Friday in the Gardens with feature performances by drag artists Rowena Way, Tiffany Morgan, and Dare de la Femme. 
On Saturday, August 5th, head on down to Confederation Park at 10 a.m. for the start of the Thousand Islands Poker Run. Bon Evans will play a free show at the Creekside Bar and Grill in Battersea that afternoon from 4 to 7 p.m. And on Saturday night, the Astros and Oak Ridge Avenue are playing a gig at the Mansion starting at 9. And on August 6th, Sunday, check out James Hildebrand, Andrew Mack Band, and Tim Sheffield for a free Live Music Sundays event at 697 Loyalist Parkway in Bath starting at 2 p.m. And also on Sunday afternoon, check out Sunday Afternoons with Savannah, featuring a weekly performance of folk, jazz, blues, and Savannah Shea originals at Musiki starting at 4 p.m. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, and Queen's University Career Services. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next.